faces when I think of you Matt Staining, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm sorry. And I love you. And it's season four. It is season four for Last Match Standing. We are back and better than ever. How could you be in such a happy mood right now, Spencer? Well, I think he just needs to face facts. <laughs> my good work good work uh we are coming to you today for our season premiere from march 30th 2008 from the citrus bowl which means orange ropes in orlando florida <laughs> it's wrestlemania 24 and it is the career threatening match the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels versus the nature boy rick flair well Shawn michaels definitely broke some hearts that night could there be a heavier, more pivotal moment in professional wrestling than the potential, right? I mean, come on. We all know it as the end of the career of the nature boy, Ric Flair. Well, his career did end for about two years before he went to TNA. But like a few months, actually. But we're not going to talk about that part. Uh, no, no he, he did not go to TNA until 2010, sir. Uh, <laughs> a couple of things before we get into our season premiere. First of all, we want to welcome back... The listeners, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you. We are so, so pumped to be back for Season 4, Episode 61 today. And uh, while we were on our sort of season hiatus, we also held our first ever Last Patron Standing Trivia Challenge. So we just want to say another huge thank you and congratulations to both Daniel and Ashley for making the championship there. Daniel, of course, 
what a what a run. I know, right? I would have to say for Daniel, incredible, incredible stuff. And a huge thank you again as well to Storm and Dylan. Uh, great competitors. We had a ton of fun uh, with Last Patron Standing. So I, I can't wait to do it again. So uh, while we were on season break again, a couple of really big, exciting things happened for your, your guys here at Last Match Standing. The first of which is we are now exclusively, not exclusively, there's a lot of stuff happening, but we are on YouTube. <laughs> all of our episodes are on YouTube. All of our main feed episodes are on YouTube. Uh, we, we made a, a really concerted effort to, to get it there, um, and we're super, super pumped about it. So, But don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and hit that bell for notifications, please. <laughs> That's absolutely right. We're going to upload we're all professional of YouTubers, and we say that every show. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we wanted to give you guys just even one more place where you can access us, so... If you prefer to listen to things on YouTube, absolutely head over there, subscribe and stuff. That's where we'll be posting episodes as well as our regular places that we re, uh, already upload episodes to as well. Um, a couple of other things. Uh, one of them is we got a really, really great message on Twitter from at Mr. Nuzlocke. That's right. That's an amazing name. I will not repeat it. Uh, he said, uh, hey, can I just say I found your guys' podcast yesterday and I've absolutely fallen in love with it. It's what Aww. I listen to throughout my workday, and I feel like I know you guys personally. Wow. Well, you do now. Yeah, how nice was that? Dude, thank you, man. Appreciate it. That means a lot. That's yeah. why we do this. Yeah, so thanks we, so much for reaching out. We appreciate that very, very much. We've obviously we've talked to you a little bit further than that, so it's been a real treat to get to know you a little bit. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. We I also got an email from Johnny. Uh, over the Johnny. season break. And Johnny says, Hi, I'm a new fan of the podcast and I've been loving the episodes that I've listened to so far. I've been binge hearing the first few episodes uh, and I keep hearing that you guys love to be recommended matches. And so uh, he recommended some matches for us. Johnny, thanks so much for the email as well. Johnny, I have to tell you, I love a while of the Ouija. Ah, 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 ah. What? <laughs> That's his... his- his profile picture for his Gmail is Waluigi. Oh, I missed that. My day. I love. I thought you were gonna. My day. I thought you were gonna make a Johnny B. Bad reference and be like <laughs> Mark Merrill, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, a couple of final things before we get into the career-threatening match. Uh, the first of which is we had two polls that we were going to sort of start our season four with. You know, we had previously decided that it would be Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels to be the season premiere, but. We were looking for, uh, we were taking basically matches from our season three finale survey and having those put onto uh, Twitter polls. And man, we got some really good participation in those and and a really close set of polls as well. Uh, but there was one match that won one of the two polls, and that was Walter versus Tyler Bate at NXT what UK Takeover. A fantastic match. I, mean, I absolutely brilliant. can't wait to cover a fantastic it. match that we can't currently watch because of the network. So, so yeah, we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but we, we sort of hinted at it on our, our social page, uh, how, how, how BS it is. But yeah, so the WWE network has transitioned over to Peacock and it has made everyone's lives a living hell, especially for people like us who are, are trying to review matches that are now no longer accessible. And one of the things that we make sure that we do on our podcast is we cover matches that are accessible to our listening audience because we think the best part of the show is you listeners following along with us and watching these matches as we go along with our list. And we hope 
that you're building your own list. And you can't do that if you can't watch the match. Well, Landon, I mean, you sent me a link that I took many, many notes on before I realized it was actually 2K19 footage. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, April uh, Fool's, he got it. I yeah, and I, I, I was like, wait a minute, something's not right here. Now, to your point, uh, we do hope that more of that network library does shift to Peacock and this becomes less of an issue for us. But we just wanted to say, if you saw that Walter Tyler Bate did win that poll that it was featured on, we will get to that match. We will cover it just whenever we find the best way to access it for not just us, but for you guys as well. So it won't necessarily be episode 62 or 63, but we will see it hopefully at some point through uh, during season four. So it's going to be great. I, I remember when that match happened, Landon was just... <laughs> I was definitely a champion for that match, yeah. but we we do this thing on this show where you know Spencer has told us that you know there is a little bit of a what do you call it a, a you know recency, recency bias recency yes. bias right we're watching th- things through the lens of this is amazing because I just saw it and I had this huge emotional reaction, <laughs> um, but as time passes. You know, you, you get a little bit more in tune to everything else that's happened in the world. And you say, okay, was this one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time, not just of the last five minutes? Uh, and, uh, y- you know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, we waited a little bit. We put it on a poll. And apparently people agree with me. Yeah, apparently people yeah. like it. I, I, something that we do talk about all the time is how we can be victims of the moment, right? And, and that sort of changes it, our perspective it, yeah, on things. You're right. I agree with that. But Walter Tyler Bate does seem to be standing that test of time so far. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's one that's going to make a really good addition to our list. But have no fear because we have found a suitable replacement for the interlude. Oh, yes, we have. Absolutely. More on that later. Uh, but finally, we do want to make one last announcement. And this one's sort of a bigger deal, but something that is important to us. Uh, and I think it's going to make things even better for you guys, the listener. Uh, and that is that we are moving our scheduling to a bi-weekly format. And so what that means is we will be dropping main feed episodes uh, every two weeks instead of every single Monday. So this episode will drop on a Monday. Two weeks from then, uh, we will drop episode 62. And that is uh, for a lot of reasons, the biggest of which is that we want to make sure that we provide the best possible content for you, the listener. And we find right now that moving to a biweekly schedule is the best way to do that. Yeah. And and I mean, for all of you uh, Patreon supporters, Absolutely nothing will change for you guys. That content will continue to drop at the rate that it currently does. Um, but, uh, you know, w- we think it might be a little bit easier on everyone if we move to a bi-weekly schedule. Uh, but we also have a really important announcement, uh, you know, because moving, moving to a bi-weekly schedule sort of allows us to work on some other projects that we hope that you guys will find really, really exciting. What is that special announcement that we have for you, Spencer? May 14th and 15th, if you just so happen to be in Indianapolis, Indiana, we'll see you there. Because we will be appearing at Squared Circle Expo. It's our first convention. I it am is. scared. It's our first convention. Why are you scared? Because I've never been to a convention before. Hey, I've never been to Indianapolis. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really great time. We are so so pumped about this. Uh, this is something that was going to happen last year, but then the world fell apart, as yep. we know. Thanks a lot, COVID. Uh, but things are improving and and improving well enough for us to make this trip happen. Uh, and so we are, man, we are just so so excited about getting out there and meeting 
wrestling fans and meeting you guys and and really getting to know you and 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 see how how you respond to our list and what match suggestions you guys have for us and uh moving to a bi-weekly schedule helps make things like this possible and that is going to be the best time yeah absolutely we're really looking forward to to meeting absolutely everyone at squared circle expo uh and if if you haven't looked into it yet they have some amazing guests kane is going to be there Britt baker uh, i could go on and on yeah. definitely go check it out darby allen darby Booker allen's going to be there absolutely the highlanders um and and there's going to be an awesome in-ring show there as well some actual wrestling with your expo experience uh we can't wait uh we hope to meet you there Absolutely. Let's get into now the career-threatening match from WrestleMania 24. We've got JR and Jerry Lawler on commentary. On top and, form. And they bring their A game. Yes, Absolutely do. right. And then, and this is something that I think is a, is a small detail, but it's I think it's a great part of the story. The referee is Charles Robinson. Yes, it is. Oh, and man. here's the deal. Charles Robinson is a SmackDown official, and these are two raw guys. Yep. And there's no reason in hell for him to be the ref for this match, except that he's Charles Robinson. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think at this point in his career, and we'll get to this, but Ric Flair was actually sort of not on any brand. He had sort of stepped away after being, after being drafted to SmackDown uh, and then sort of stepped away from WWE, came back, and was just sort of on all three brands for his farewell tour. Uh, but Charles Robinson, as the man to call this match was absolutely the right call and brings me to tears. I'm going to cry so, so many times in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean, we, we know, okay, Flair did go on to have other matches, but this is his last WWE match. It is this his, is uh, his last match. I yeah. don't think you can really call anything he did after this. With the exception of the amazing segment with Jay Lethal, no. Right. Um, but, but, you know, so we talk about this being Rick's last match. I mean, come on, everyone knows that. What was Sean's last match? And why don't I remember what it was? Because everyone remembers this was Rick's last match, you know. But what well, was Sean, except, Sean's except last for coming back in Saudi Arabia. We're not counting that bullshit. Then, then it was WrestleMania 26. It was career versus streak, Undertaker. That's right. That's right. I completely forgot that that was because I remember it as one of the greatest matches of all time. It's an Undertaker WrestleMania match, but I, I it sort of gets overshadowed that that is Sean's farewell. Yeah, and yeah. it's crazy to think about. That match, Taker, Sean, like this is Sean Michaels' last WrestleMania match that's not against The Undertaker. <laughs> oh my God. You're right. It is. Yeah. The next two years, he faces The Undertaker, and then wow. that's it. Yep. So, and I, then he uh, referees. And then he referees at, at 28. Absolutely. So, huh. uh, it's, uh, it, I think it's, it's so interesting that Sean Michaels is the guy that does this. Um, if if not only for the fact that it's not long before he gets his retirement match as well. And you well, know what? It's it's WrestleMania, right? It's WrestleMania time right now. It is. As we're recording this, WrestleMania, it's all about baby. WrestleMania. Woo! And so this match is from WrestleMania. Uh, apparently, the most like like most big WrestleMania decisions, this match was completely Vince McMahon's decision. Vince wanted Rick to step away from the ring, going so far as to having an on-screen storyline leading up to this match where Vince told Rick the next time Rick lost a match, she would have to retire. Um, Rick reportedly did not want to retire. No, he, he didn't want ready. to. Because here's the thing about, about this match. The most difficult thing emotionally Rick Flair ever did in his career was this match. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I have a slightly 
different source for my information, uh, as opposed to just watching the Raws that leading up to this for Build, I actually personally own the Ric Flair Definitive Collection DVD, where the last 45 minutes of that documentary is solely talking about this and going to the Hall of Fame. So essentially, when Rick was tasked with this idea, you got to retire. He's go- You're going to the Hall of Fame. Your 60th birthday is rapidly approaching. I don't want to have a 60-year-old guy on my roster. So he basically said, all right, fine. If I got to retire, then I want to face Shawn Michaels WrestleMania. So Shawn was his hand-picked guy. Yeah, I mean, wrestling was very much like it. You talk about wrestling being a part of your life, but no, wrestling was such a huge part of who Ric Flair was. It was the part that defined him. And so if you think about something that is your entire life, and it has been for so long. 40 years at this point. How difficult must that have been for him to to come to terms with saying it was over? Well, I mean, the fact that he was back in it, what, a year and change later, just goes to show that like he couldn't stay away. And 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 the fact that he's still around, yeah. you know, he's not wrestling now, but he's still in the business, making appearances on TV. This is who Ric Flair is. It is. And, and I don't want Vince McMahon to be portrayed as the villain here. I mean, he was on TV. But, I mean, one of the reasons this match works so well is this is Ric Flair. In any match, sure, you would be remembered. It would be important. It was, you know, Ric Flair's final match, whoever he was against. But Vince McMahon understood the gravity and cared so much for Ric Flair. Yeah. He made sure that this was handled the absolute greatest respect as possible. In, in 1992, Ric Flair is $230,000 in debt, drinking himself to death in Tokyo, and he calls Vince McMahon, and without missing a beat, Vince says, of course I'll pay it. When Ric was going through a divorce, Vince lent, Vince lent Ric $800,000 to get through it. Vince McMahon cares about okay, when Rick was sick, Vince McMahon called his wife every single day. You think Vince McMahon doesn't respect Rick Flair? This was a huge, huge moment, and he was going to give this moment the respect that it deserves. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, Rick Flair, the whole half of the build around this match is about the fact that Rick Flair is about to be at this time the the first active yep. wrestler being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think to this day he's still the only one that was an active wrestler at the time. Right. And talk about respect. Yeah. You know, and Shawn Michaels says it throughout the build. He says, you absolutely deserve it. If anybody deserves that, it's you. Well, I, I just love the segment where to make it that, oh, by the way, the first inductee into this class is Ric Flair. Shawn Michaels comes out like, he's my friend and he's my mentor and a man that I respect, Ric Flair. And the thing is, did y'all know they had wrestled each other before? Yeah. They had wrestled each other when Sean was still with the Rockers. It was on primetime wrestling, uh, December 16th, 1991. That's like a week before the barbershop. <laughs> oh, it's right for the barbershop segment. And I mean, obviously after this, you know, Flair would go back to WCW and, you know, after the 92-93 deal. Um, and continue to develop and build up stars, remaining the dirtiest player in the game. WCW folds, and inevitably Flair is paired with the biggest name in pro wrestling in 2002, Triple H. 
And I pause at this point in Ric Flair's career because there's a very interesting intersection with Shawn Michaels right here in 2002. Uh, as we all know, Shawn Michaels returned to the ring in 02 to face Triple H at SummerSlam, and he was caught up in a many months long feud with uh, Triple H at this point. Monday Night Raw, December 2002. Ric Flair cut an excellent promo calling out Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is the World Heavyweight Champion, having won the belt at Survivor Series in the inaugural Elimination Chamber match. And Ric Flair calls out Michaels, tells him they never crossed paths when Shawn was making a name for himself. And Ric Flair was over there living it up in WCW. And during that time, he was stopped by people all over in hotel rooms, uh, by Arn Anderson even told him. Rick, you are not the man anymore. And he said, oh yeah, well who is? And everyone said, Shawn Michaels. And so he would say, what, the rocker? No. <laughs> the showstopper. Like, uh, you see what this guy's doing right now <laughs> in at, the show? And at that point in his career... Ric Flair seriously had to look in the mirror and come to grips with the fact that maybe he wasn't the man anymore. Here, that I had to go home one day and I had to look in the mirror and I had to say, Nature Boy, you've had the ride of a lifetime. But, Nature Boy, you're not the man anymore. Shawn Michaels is. Yeah, hey, I was on the pedestal, I came down, you went up. You sat on top of that pedestal that only a few people in this business and sports ever get to. You were the best wrestler alive. Or the best. Best tense. I'm telling you, man, I watched. Maybe with a tear in my eye, but I conceded it. I didn't call anybody and say, hey, Shawn Michaels is better than you, Rick. I didn't tell Vince McMahon. I didn't tell Eric Bischoff. I didn't even tell Double A. I knew you were better because I saw you in the ring. But now, I'm telling you, as high as you're sitting at the pedestal, there is a new man in town. And of course, this is 2002, mind you. The new man in town he's talking about is Triple H. Uh, but what a great little hidden gem of a story between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. This is how oh, yeah. deep this goes. I think it just adds layer upon layer about why Shawn Michaels being this person makes sense. He was the right guy. He was the right guy, and, and quite frankly, he was the only guy. But I think so, yeah. It doesn't stop there. In 2003, the following year, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels met in a grudge match at the returning Bad Blood pay-per-view. I remember this. There's actually footage from that match in the pre-match promo. So Jim Ross describes the Bad Blood 2003 match as the dream match perhaps of all time. Michaels tells Ric Flair that he knows what it takes to beat a guy like Triple H. He says, Rick, you can do it. And he continues to support him even after, even after losing to Triple H. Because, you know, Ric Flair and Triple H were still together. This was like evolution time. But, you know, they had a match against each other. And Sean says, look, you can do it. 
Um, and he tells Flair, Flair, you were, are, and always will be the greatest wrestler in the world today. And I just want to know if I'm in the same league. It would be my honor to share the same ring as you. And Flair says he would be honored. And, uh, and Flair says that, um, well, you know what, Shawn Michaels? You're nothing but a Ric Flair wannabe. That and is... so you get the classic Ric Flair heel turn again, you know, sort Ooh. of Rick, Rick was heel all along kind of deal, which is just so Ric Flair. Yeah. I mean, like he, going back to WCW, this is so Ric Flair. I mean, he only did the exact thing to Sting seven times. Exactly, exactly. Classic Flair heel swerve. Uh, so Michaels comes back with, you didn't pass the torch to me. I took it from you. And this is Bad Blood 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So on, on this occasion, Flair actually is able to get the win against Shawn Michaels with the assist from Randy Orton. Fast forward to 2007. Flair continued styling and profiling and evolution. Woo! But soon after that went south, Flair's career took sort of a nosedive here. With some notable exceptions being his steel cage match with Randy Orton and his incredible, incredible Intercontinental Championship run, huge ladder match, or I think it was a TLC match with Edge on Monday Night Raw. Oh, God. But he wasn't even on the WrestleMania 23 card. So becoming increasingly frustrated with his position in the company, you know, as I mentioned before, this is when Flair walked out. He got drafted to SmackDown. They didn't use him. And so he was done. Um, but they negotiated a deal, and they said, Flair, don't go out like this. This is the end of your career. You know it's the end of your career. Come back and have, have an ending that would respect the legacy of your career. Uh, supposedly, it's at this point when Stone Cold Steve Austin pitched an idea that would see Flair go on a huge winning streak leading up to WrestleMania 24, culminating in him winning the world championship on the grandest stage. Oh my God. That would have been amazing. They should have done that. that They should have done that. Um, That would be an insane way to go. Well, you know what? Maybe that's why when he popped up on raw that one time, it said 17 time champion because (laughs) (laughs) well, there's an, there's an unrecognized reign uh, in, in Ric Flair's career. And that's it was why, WrestleMania that's 24, why. obviously. Oh, it's all making sense now. <laughs> yeah, the parallel universe. Uh, Bernstein, Bernstein, who's, who's, who said that? Mandela! Um, but it, obviously that, that's not the way it happened. Um, but Ric Flair says, there's a reason I haven't been on Raw in six months. I knew sooner or later that there will be a time when I need to retire. Tonight, right here, in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's Charlotte! North Carolina! Thank you. Go ahead. Do you know the rest of it? I know part of it. He says, I have to announce to you. I will never retire! Woo! He said, I'm the nature boy, and I love this business, and I'm going nowhere. I think he, he, he once said, I am so high on being Ric Flair that I just may never grow old and die. <laughs> That's that is a good line. I mean, it's true. Uh, he, it said that, he, he said that in like 85 when he was like 33. <laughs> Golly. And, and this. Go ahead, Spencer. That's when Vince McMahon's music hits. As long as you continue to win, you can stay. But if you lose, you have to retire. God damn it. Your career is over. Right. 
So massive deal, massive announcement there. And, you know, you talked about Landon, the stone cold pitch about this big winning streak that Ric Flair could potentially go. He does go on. (laughs) And, you know, this announcement's made. It's edict is the phrase they used to describe it. Vince McMahon's edict. Uh, yeah, I, I guarantee you. I yeah. guarantee you, Vince McMahon learned the meaning of the word edict that morning. Must have. It's like everything's an edict. God damn it! So, so this, my edict. <laughs> this edict is announced November twenty sixth. We are four full months away. Oh yeah, from WrestleMania. Yeah. So during this stretch, and there's there's several segments to talk about leading up to WrestleMania, but during the stretch leading up to Mania. Uh, Ric Flair goes 12 and 1. Insane. 8 and 0 in singles matches. Uh, the only match he loses is a 4 on 2 handicap match on SmackDown in a steel cage. Think about. <laughs> oh, yeah, because everybody can just win one of those. Well, think about how 50 50 booking it is nowadays to go 12 and 1. Huge. It's unheard of. Right. And so, just for, for reference, the previous eight singles matches Ric Flair had before that announcement, he was 3 4 and 1. Mm hmm. So not exactly the guy you would think would go 8-0 in singles matches Exactly at this point in his career. And what are we watching AEW where wins and losses mean something? But what an interesting concept because now every time Ric Flair steps between those ropes, it's hold a your career-threatening match. Yeah. It's a career-threatening match exactly. every time. Exactly. Maybe the last time. And of course, you know, the night that the edict is announced, Randy Orton comes out and thanks Rick for all of his advice over the years and personally... Thank you in advance for the honor of ending your career. <laughs> so good. And Rick goes on to beat him that night. <laughs> he does. I mean, I mean he cheats, but he still was, wins. To be fair, this was the first night of the edict. It was heavily teased. It was in Charlotte. Heavily it, teased. It would have absolutely. Well, I mean, that would have been Vince's MO, like you're going out in Charlotte. But you know what? Ric Flair still had some life left in him. And so he would continue to address fans, promising that he would do whatever it takes to remain the man. Hey, he beat um- Umaga by countout. He I beat just like Umaga, that. That absolutely. Happened. You know, I got a funny story to tell. Go for so it. At this time, my cousin lived in North Carolina, and he was actually oh, at damn. that show. And Ric Flair was doing like he was doing his like Ric Flair retirement thing. So he would always go do appearances, and so he got to meet Ric Flair, got to hold the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Took a picture of them, got an autograph. It was really, really cool because he he was like, "This is it, this is it, this is it." And so when he won that night, he's like, "Oh, damn it! That picture and belt have been devalued." <laughs> I'm like, "No, they <laughs> have They got that's more funny. value now. Yeah, that's good. He does. Yeah, that, I mean, what what an insane, insane yeah. show to be at. Yeah. To be at the the Ric Flair beginning of the retirement run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he lives in Concord. He's like t- fifteen minutes away. Um, but as you talked about. There were so many stops in, in this right. Like he had a match against Triple H. Could Triple you imagine H, yeah. a career threatening match against Triple H? That could have been the WrestleMania twenty four match. Could've yeah. Been. Well, he was too busy jobbing to Randy Orton at WrestleMania twenty four. So, um, <laughs> uh, but that match was huge for Triple H because he, he put his Royal Rumble spot on the line in that match and lost it. Yep. Um, and then you know Ric Flair has programs with MVP, Mister Kennedy, leading up to. Um, no way out. Uh, which Flair wins that match against Mr. Kennedy at No Way Out the next night on Raw, getting into WrestleMania season. I'm pleased to announce that the first inductee of the class of 2008 is the Nature Boy Ric Flair. 
That is not a bad shot, Michael. Your HBK is right on. I've been practicing for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's announced, and 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 then the week after that, Flair comes out and praises HBK and says, "Thank you, thank you for the Hall of Fame announcement." There's one thing that could make WrestleMania weekend more magical. That is if I, the nature boy, Ric Flair, goes one-on-one with Mr. WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. I am challenging you to a match at WrestleMania. Woo. I mean, that's not exactly what they say in the ring, but I figured like my interpretation interpretation (laughs) is like probably slightly not as good, but you know. But he challenges Michaels to that match at Mania. Yeah, is Sean's reluctant? Sean's saying that he didn't want a day to pass in this yeah. business without Ric Flair. And I think I, I don't remember his exact words, but he said something along the lines of like, "I, I didn't count on being the guy to end your career." Yeah, like, he didn't. He oh. didn't want. He, what he said was that he didn't want to be the one to carry the burden. The burden, yeah, of and being I, the one to end. And Rick that's when Rick career. is like, "Oh, you don't think you're going to beat me?" That's what I. That's the line that sticks with me from right? that night. Is Ric Flair says, "Is it just a like a foregone conclusion? Like you beating me? Is that just supposed to happen?" Needless to say. The match is on. Of course, before we get to Mania, Vince McMahon has to call out Flair and say, you know, well, he's not getting to WrestleMania for you, Shawn Michaels. I, I can't do it, Vince McMahon. He's uh, not getting to WrestleMania for you, Shawn Michaels. God you. damn it. He's going to have to run the gauntlet. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He probably did. <laughs> That's my edict. But the gauntlet, in this case... Because Paul didn't do his homework right, was <laughs> a match against Vince McMahon himself. That's right. This is the the genetic jackhammer. The the March seventeenth, two thousand eight episode of Monday Night Raw Street Fight McMahon Flair <laughs> Landon. What happens here? Well, Shawn Michaels has to come save Flair's ass because McMahon demolishes Ric Flair. I mean, it's. Horrid. Well, he is like a decade younger than Flair, and he and he so he saves Ric Flair, saves the match for him, and saves their match for WrestleMania. That's exactly 24. right. Do you know the way Flair wins that match? By the way, he does a splash from the top turnbuckle through a table on Vince McMahon, <laughs> Holy and shit. he pins him. I swear to God, I watched it twenty five times before this episode <laughs> and laughed so hard. That, that happened uh, in a March 2008 episode of Monday Night Raw. Ric Flair threw a table. I think it's fitting that he won a match with the top rope splash. You, you realize that like he won like Starcade 83 with that. Love Holy that. shit, really? And then Love every that. single time he tried to do the splash, it always got reversed. That's right. It's like, oh, he did it after 25 years. So that brings us to the go-home show before WrestleMania 24. And the segment that we get between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair is not only memorable. Oh, it's very memorable. But it, to me, is one of the best Raw Before Mania segments out there that's ever happened. Easy. Right? So, Flair gets in the ring, and he basically says, you know, like, I told Sean to stay out of my business. Like, I told him to. And the fact that he keeps thinking that I can't handle things myself, I have started to lose respect for Sean Michaels. (sighs) Right? And so... At this point, the build towards this match, you, these are guys that respect each other, that like each other, um, that you know they're wrestling for the sake of, of 
having Ric Flair have this big WrestleMania moment, but there's no real heat necessarily between the two of them. They don't, there's no like They're buddies. good guy, bad guy. Yeah. They're friends. Right. That changes. Oh, 100%. That changes on this night. And I, and I think it's so well done. Contrary to what anybody thinks, I picked you to wrestle me at WrestleMania because I want to prove on the grandest stage of all that I can still be the nationwide Ric Flair. I'm talking about WrestleMania, Mr. Showstopper. There's a there's that moment there where he's telling Shawn Michaels, I want the best you've got to offer. And they do a great camera shot just below them with the WrestleMania sign in the background, right? Which is just perfectly Kevin executed. Dunn. People talk shit, but he's a good director. It was thank you, Kevin Dunn. Perfectly executed. And so Shawn Michaels says, Let me assure you of one thing. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you Shawn Michaels. I'm going to give you the headliner. I'm going to give you the main event. I'm going to give you the icon and rest assured, I've got no choice. I'm going to give you the showstopper. Come Sunday, Nate, you're going to step into the ring with Mr. WrestleMania. Henry Flair says, thanks, that's what I want. That's See all I wanted. Talk to you later. That's all I wanted. Seeing a desperate Ric Flair needing to prove to himself that he's still the man, but then across from him seeing Shawn Michaels, who knows what he can do. He's confident in his ability is just such a beautiful combination oh, yeah. going into this match. And you think that's where it's going to end. Oh. You think it's like, okay, we're on for a good match on Sunday. Pumped oh, no. about it. No, Sean had to really iron the point home. Sean stops, and he turns to Ric Flair. You know, uh, before I go, just so there's no doubt in your mind that you're going to get everything you need and more, I want to remind you of a little story. Remember the story of old Yeller? They love that dog. But when it was time, they had to take that dog out back and finish him. Come Sunday, the showstopper's gonna take you, old Yeller, behind the woodshed and put you out of your misery. That's when I love him. Rick Flair goes, Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! He slaps the shit out of Sean. He does. He slaps the cowboy hat right off of his face. Hits a second slap right after, and he says, Why don't you put me out of my misery right now? And Shawn Michaels says, I'll see you this Sunday. I'll see you Sunday. I'll give you what you need. And and Sean, the perfect juxtaposition of Ric Flair in this moment, Cool, calm, and collected, just walks out the ring, down the ramp, into the back, leaving Flair a steaming man. He's 
He is Beat red. so mad. He's red. He's sweating. He's like torn his shirt open. His shirt is like with the top button off his shirt. He's what disheveled. He's disheveled. What an image. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when this build starts in November, that's the ending you wanted. It, yeah. It's so well done. And I mean, I get chills every time I watch that promo. It's incredible. Oh, absolutely. It's so, so good. Uh, but that brings us to WrestleMania 24. Right, that brings us to Orlando, Florida, to the Citrus Bowl, and and I, I have to tell you, watching the opening video package for WrestleMania, the event. Oh right? did yeah, you, did you watch this? I did. Oh yeah, it was just they, they hit the right notes. They did. <laughs> right, Flair says in that opening package, after 35 years, to be in a very high profile match at WrestleMania is a huge honor, and he says, you never know when it's going to be your last. Oh. So leave the memories alone. Comes not later. E- not even there. <laughs> I know. Later. So <clears throat> during that same opening package, there everyone's talking about WrestleMania is you know where champions are crowned, and then they show Flair on screen, and it says WrestleMania is the culmination of a career. Oh, <sighs> chills! Absolute chills. And then the last line they leave you with right at the end is WrestleMania is the event that creates immortals. Ugh. And flares on screen, right? So you know, I mean, you know what's gonna happen. It's very apparent what's going to happen, but you know, this is one of those times where the predictability factor of wrestling is okay. Yeah, I absolutely. Can, I can whistle past that graveyard. I mean, we knew it was gonna happen. At WrestleMania 35. It, it, yeah, and I'm okay with it. It just is what it is, and what this match is is one of the greatest performances in the careers of two of the greatest athletes to ever step foot into a ring. You said it. You absolutely said it. Uh, and, and Paul, you, you mentioned it earlier, the, the video package for this specific like match. If you didn't know Ric Flair was going to retire, they put the fucking fuel song in there that makes you sad. Like, he's going to fucking retire. And it's a beautiful <laughs> video. Like, it's, you know, Flair highlights, the robes, the pro- just... Yeah, and that it's song, great, but like... It's great. They used it the next night for his, all right, Ric Flair's official retirement speech. Like, don't use it at WrestleMania because... Well, they did, uh, right? Yeah, they, they did. The WrestleMania promo was different. They no, didn't it's the there. They didn't use the Fuel song yeah, until the night after. That no. was my understanding. The, no. no. The Fuel song is at WrestleMania 24. It, it is. in that video The package. recap oh, package okay. before the match and is I'm set totally to Fuel. And I'm totally fine with it. I, I think it's great. I think it's a great video package. No, no, it's a great video package, but like, it's one of those, once again, if you don't know what's going to happen, spoiler alert, he's going to fucking lose. But it's again, <laughs> like Landon said, it's a moment where predictability is totally fine with me. Yeah, in this yeah, situation. yeah. Like, you're right. We all, know, we all knew this was going to happen, right? Like, you... You can suspend disbelief if you want to. Well, when I was 17, I didn't know it was going to happen. I, I mean, the story is writing itself here. It is. So, uh, but right before the match, after the video package, Mike Adamley Mike is Adamley. backstage uh, with Ric Flair. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here now with Ric Flair. And I got to ask you, Rick, what is your game plan for this match? To be the man. Ooh. Saying to be the man before going into this match. All in right. Which he will retire in the most, is probably, no, is the most poetic thing I can remember in pro wrestling. Yeah. All right, JR. Absolutely spine chilling. All right, JR, back to you. 
I appreciate you throwing one more mic out of Liam. We're not going to talk about him again yeah, for a while. We, we all know what comes after to be the man. We all know that. Yep. And so for that to be the last thing that Ric Flair utters before going into the ring, I have chills. Goosebumps. To be I have the chills. man. It's, I 100% have chills. Insane. Let's talk about the entrances. Oh. Shawn Michaels comes out to this ring, and the only time, the only thing I'm thinking the whole time is that is Mr. WrestleMania. Yep. The whole time. All I'm thinking is, I had that hat. <laughs> and that shirt. And then, Ric Flair comes out. Oh, and here's my one point of trivia. Gentlemen, are you aware the robe he is wearing is the same robe Charlotte wears at WrestleMania 32? I knew that. I am. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Same robe. Yeah. She's also in the front row. <laughs> She is. She sure is. Uh, but that entrance, fireworks in the background. Oh, it's iconic. And, and I, I just, I just love how 2001 loops about three fucking times, but I don't care because it is one of the best pieces of music of all time, and I, it just fits. I would like. This is something that I thought about during this match, and I have to ask you. I wanted to ask before we get into the match, match, match itself. Um, Ric Flair. Does he look like any celebrity to you? Any actor? Perhaps he looks like huh? no. I've never really thought about it. I hadn't either until I watched this match. And I think it was a, a, like when he's crying at some point, he looks like Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> oh. oh, it's the mouth. It's the mouth. Maybe a damn like Dustin Hoffman. He I'm telling does. You, I'm telling you, if you are listening and you agree, tell me right now. I go think, on Twitter. Let me know. I think, you know, 15 years earlier in his career, he absolutely did not. But, Maybe in this moment, I can see what you mean. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Sean immediately sets the pace for this yep. match right off the bat, highlighting his quickness right at the top. And then we get some damn fine counter wrestling. Oh, yeah. And it is so, so good. It's a point where, like, Rick ha- kind of has his, his normal game. I'm like, it's not going to work here, but you're not going to out wrestle a guy who's at this point about 20 years younger than you. And, and JR makes a great point during this sort of chain wrestling back and forth he says flair might have taught michaels everything he knows but he hasn't taught everything that rick flair knows yeah oh classic line great line and right. then just the moment the match really starts old yeller huh old yeller and then uh, sean yeah. slaps the shit out of rick yeah the callback there the storytelling mm-hmm. and then he draws blood if you don't think this match is a big deal we talked about JR and, and Lawler being on their game. This is a line that sticks with me always. Like, I remember this all the time when I think back to this match. If Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, how do you argue that Shawn Michaels isn't 1A? Yeah. Yeah. So after we get the slap that draws blood, it's easy to pick up on Rick saying first blood, brother, but it's, you really paid attention. Shawn goes, you wanted it. You got it. Yeah, he does. And he says, you can leave now. So you can see immediately the stark difference in attitude on each of their faces in this match. Oh, yeah. Flair is smiling. He's enjoying this challenge. He's ready to go. Michaels is solemn. Yep. And I love that Rick's response to this is to chop the living shit out of Sean repeatedly so much that even JR goes, good grief. You know, we mentioned the slap from the corner that Shawn Michaels delivers to Ric Flair. I, that spot, and I highly doubt it's intentional, 
But that spot is actually carried over from their 1991 match. Their very first time in the ring together. <laughs> There's a spot where Michaels is cornered by Flair and he just gives the hardest slap you've ever seen. See, when I saw it, I thought it was like payback for the slap on Raw. Yeah, me too. Well, absolutely Before. it is. But absolutely that's a great, it is. But it is also crazy. a callback. Yeah, that's crazy. Whether they knew it or not, yeah. probably is not. a callback to their yeah. first time ever in the ring together. Wow. I, I highly doubt they both said, hey, we should do this spot we did in 1991. <laughs> highly doubt it. He's probably just like, it'd be really now, poetic if I slap you. Now, uh, one match that does do that, if I can go off on a little tangent. Oh, yes. Uh, John Cena and Daniel Bryan. Oh, hell yeah. Have a match that's an excellent match where they do several spots that they did on their match that they had together on Velocity. In like 2002. The, you know, years, yeah. years before, uh, which I think is really fun. Um, but going back to, to this match, we talked about how amazing JR and King are, uh, you know, to deliver commentary for one of the most important matches they've ever called. But the thing is, they're captivated by this match just as much as we are. Exactly. And you can hear it because there are several, they take several opportunities to just shut up and enjoy the moment. Oh yeah. And I love that. Let and the I fucking match talk. That. They did. They, Paul well said, they let the match do the talk. Yeah. So after we get the chop, the good grief chop off, we get that patented Ric Flair knee drop. Ugh. Chills. I, what I love about this match, and I think it's so funny even, is that sort of all of the greatest hits for Ric Flair throughout the last 10 years of his career, the last 20, 30 years of his career, uh, not only does he hit the greatest hits, but the bad things that you expect to happen go right for him for once, <laughs> you know? And I think it's hysterical. There's, there's that moment right there in the beginning where uh, Ric Flair throws Shawn Michaels off the top rope. Yes. And then Flair hits and a cross a fucking body cross body. It's a cross body. And then uh, right? uh, King goes, it worked! It worked, JR! It worked! I do not recall seeing that actually hit throughout his ever, whole career. Uh, ever, yeah, ever, 1983, ever. he won at Starcade. <laughs> That's it. And, that is and he went it. forward every match and always got caught and thrown off the top rope. Ric Flair, after that crossbody, goes for his first attempt at the figure four leg lock. Uh, it's reversed. Flair is pushed out oh. of the ring. And this is when the match changes, really, for yep. the first time. Well, Sean hits a baseball slide. But when he goes for the moonsault, Nate gets out of the way. And Sean crashes and burns on the announce table ribs. First. It's a Shawn Michaels WrestleMania spot. Oh, it is. But and the, I, the, the the way his ribs hit the table, though, I I don't care what camera angle they showed, it looked so painful. It was the brutal. grunt he lets yeah. out. That's not a I'm son. That's a oh. Well, Flair, As, gets him, Flair gets it back in the ring and hits a picture perfect. Talk about a textbook. Stalling vertical suplex. Holly, was I, that not the most beautiful it suplex was you've ever seen? I mean, I know I'm sitting here on a on a, on well, a you know, he, he, an hour into a podcast episode talking about how beautiful a yeah. suplex is. He hits guys. three suplexes. He does a side suplex. It's a fucking double underhook suplex. When's the last time you saw Ric Flair do a double underhook suplex? Couldn't tell you. Not that decade. And then the stalling not vertical suplex. And then I'm sitting there going. Rick's proven a point right now. King does a really good job of throwing it back to the old Yeller story. Mm. He says, you know, I went back and I watched old Yeller and they didn't put the dog down because he was old. Right. They put him down because he had rabies and Rick Flair right now is acting like a rabid dog. He's desperate. And what do I always say, Spencer, about 
what I love about professional wrestling and wrestlers in the ring. Desperation. Yep. When it gets down to desperation, that's what makes for the greatest matches of all time. And you see it here. Oh, yeah. I mean, Sean breaks this moment with a neck breaker. We get a back body outside, and then Sean does a top rope moonsault. Top rope moonsault onto Ric Flair on the outside. That almost doesn't connect, but he, he, he gets him. The trust and the respect that Shawn Michaels has to have to trust Ric Flair enough to do a moonsault from the top rope onto the outside. Yeah. That meant, I think that meant a lot. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Shawn doesn't break these out very often anymore. He's 42 years old here. It's that moonsault that gets Shawn Michaels in control of the matchup. And oh, yeah. He gets Flair back in the ring and then you know, sort of the shine for Shawn Michaels happens, right? The forearm, the kip up. He Oh, he does them, but there's a lot of like, fuck my oh, goddamn yeah, no, ribs like hurt. His, his ribs are, are beat for sure. He hits the elbow drop and then he tunes up the band. And you're thinking, we've seen this, this from Shawn Michaels. This is it. This match has been about 10 minutes. Ric Flair looks like he can't keep up anymore. Shawn's going to hit that sweet chin music. Except he can't the trigger he hesitates rick gets a double leg and locks in the figure four and my favorite quote of the night he who hesitates is lost and the crowd erupts oh they absolutely pop of the night right here i just you know (laughs) when you talk about the wrestlers telling the story that says more words than anybody could have ever said oh absolutely the hesitation oh so good so so good um, but, uh, you know, the, the figure four does get put on, uh, Michaels is able to reverse it. They sort of trade these pinning predicaments back and forth. This is chain wrestling. We haven't seen in Ric Flair. Oh yeah. So I had a takedown. Stang has just jackknife cover roll. Oh, here we go. And Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to take your line. Fuck me. Yeah. He still got it. He can still do it. It's crazy. The only thing they botch is they could, he, they couldn't pull the bridge off. But I'm like, right, that's true. Well, it's a 42 year old Sean and a 60 year old Flair. I'm not surprised we weren't able to pull that one off. Well, and it being this deep into the mouth doesn't yeah. help. Typically, when you see something like that, it's, it's the first opening opening minutes. Not after I've eaten shit on the on the on the outside twice for moon salts and yeah. I think that first sweet chin music that Sean does hit in this match is the Dear hardest God. hitting super kick I believe I've ever seen. And if you don't think that, just watch the way Charles Robinson reacts. And you know what? Fucking jump scare sweet super and, kick. And guess what, Vince McMahon? Sean slapped his fucking leg. <laughs> he did. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that bullshit. But what, what, what a moment, right? Ric Flair, you think, has the advantage. Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's getting his, a he's getting swagger back. He's just strutting Oh, oh God! Like That's it. A like a bolt of lightning. Oh my God! It's it's like you said, Lane. It's one of the hardest super kicks I think I've ever seen. Oh man! It takes his damn head off. Then Sean tunes up the band, but Rick is just not getting up to his feet. The look on Shawn Michaels' face when Ric Flair cannot get up. He goes over and picks him up. So sad. And Rick and his. At this point, 40-year career. What you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. What is Shawn Michaels thinking at this moment? God damn it, get up so I can finish this. I think there's a hundred thousand things going through his mind. Like the, the 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 look on his face is just such a complex emotion. It's like I wanna beat him, 
but the kid in me doesn't want to do this because he's still my idol. But God damn it, get up so we can end this and we can go to the back. But is but he's he's almost angry and he's almost sad, right? He doesn't want to. He doesn't want the last memory of Ric Flair to be not being able to stand exactly. In the of the so ring. goes to pick him up, right? And when Charles Robinson is checking on Rick, we get a sneaky little low blow. Dirtiest player in the game. Player in the game. And we get another very loud pop from the crowd because they know it's going to happen because the figure four is locked in again. And this time it looks almost definitively as if Sean is going to tap out center of the ring, busted up ribs. He's not going to be able to make it to the corner. He does get there. He does eventually escape from, uh, you know, he rolls over multiple times. He does get to the ropes. And then something really interesting, and this is this is the showstopper, he puts his own version. He puts on the inverted figure four. Of the figure four on Ric Flair. And King says, this would just not be right. No. This would just not be right. And uh, Rick can't quite get to the ropes. He gets a hand on it, gets pulled off, and he figures, I'm not tapping out. I'm going to take your eye, Sean, and he thumbs of the eye. Yeah, he, it's another you know textbook dirty move from Ric Flair. Flair. He, he pulls the bottom turnbuckle pad off so that Robinson has to go deal with that so that he can go poke Sean in the eye with the ref not looking, right? And it's, it's simple, and it's small, but it's Ric Flair. It's absolutely and Ric Flair. Then you just get one thing that I just, as a wrestling fan, I always love this. When you have that moment where both men are not even on their feet, they're just like, on one knee, and they just start exchanging chops. The chop fest. Yeah. Like, it, I don't... Some people will fucking do this at, at five minutes. It's a no, asshole. You guys have to have, like, a an entire match. Then you can do this spot. And it's a big deal at that point. And they do it, like, 15 minutes into a 20-minute match. That's when you do this. And they are almost... You know, they're chopping. They're almost helping each other up on the way up. And they both get to their feet. And then Shawn Michaels does what Shawn Michaels does. And hits that sweet chin music oh, from he just out of gets nowhere. It. It's very reminiscent to me of the one he hits against Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 21. Yeah, yeah. just jump scare. Where'd that even come from? It's like the big right hand, but it's the big right boot. And then Shawn Michaels goes into the corner. Tunes, he's going to tune the band up, and when he turns around, he sees Rick and he doesn't. And JR says, the look on Shawn Michaels' face tells another story and then rick just stands up tears in his eyes has his hands up like give me your best shot you son of a bitch and landon what is that iconic Shawn michaels line do you read lips he says i'm sorry i love you and then he kicks his fucking head off Shawn michaels ends Ric Flair's career at WrestleMania. But I think the most telling thing about it is Baby Nate counts to three. Sean doesn't get him celebrated. He immediately covers Rick and he lets his hair kind of flow as you can't see what he's saying. First Rick kisses him on the forehead and then gets out of the ram ring. And if you can just look at Ric Flair's reaction of being overcome with emotion as soon as the, the, his, as the referee's hand hits the mat for the three count, it's, it, it really just sinks in. It does. 
and it's it's just one of the most emotional moments I can remember in, in wrestling history. I think the most emotional moment is when Ric Flair does get to his feet and he gets a standing ovation before he goes to the ringside and he kisses all he basically gives all of his children an embrace and a kiss and his wife and then he just walks out. Well, they hands show held high. they show Shawn Michaels walking up the ramp yeah. first, right? And JR again says a couple of things here. He says John Michaels hesitated and hesitated and contemplated but he had to do what he came to do. Michaels did exactly what Rip Flair demanded. And then right as Sean's about to exit at the top of the stage, he says Stop. Stop. I can't ignore it. It's perfectly done. Like oh, it's so good. So emotional. And, and he leaves immediately to give Ric Flair his moment. So did you know? Here, here's my last match standing. Did you know moment? Did you know? To commemorate this match, Shawn Michaels bought both of them matching Rolex Rolexes. watches. Wow, I did not know that. Shawn wore it uh, at the Hall of Fame the previous night. On Ric Flair's is engraved to be the man. And on Shawn Michaels' matching watch is engraved, you gotta, gotta beat, beat the, the man. man. Mm. And I think that is just chilling to think about. Yep. It, it's the perfect way to commemorate the moment. And, and only oh, I, those I, two men yeah. can, can have, have shared that moment. You know what I mean? And of so, course, it's a Rolex. Of course, it's it's, it's, it's Rolex Ric Flair. Swearing. Exactly. Get fly. <laughs> Let me see Ryan. Kiss Dylan. We're Dylan. Woo! Son of a gun. Now, I do have a massive problem. You should probably get that looked at. And... Th- and this might piss some people off, but I have a bone to pick if you're one of these people. You and I are going to have problems if you're one of the people that I'm about to describe. If you ever, and I mean ever, in your life, whether it was while Ric Flair was wrestling or after, and you brought a woo poster and spelled it with an H, <laughs> are you kidding me? Are you fucking with me? And that happens all the time, and they're all over the place yeah. in the WrestleMania crowd. Oh no, there's a long banner W-H-O-O, that walks. or what? There's a fucking long ass banner that walks across the hard cam at one point and is waving it. I'm like, dude, sit the fuck down. You feel very strongly about the I who. I feel very strongly. He doesn't about say it. who. He says woo. Okay, I've got it off my chest. I had to say it. Let's move on. All wow. right, gentlemen. Uh, fair- all of your gray hairs just turned blonde. That really did a lot for you, <laughs> gentlemen. Favorite moments. Do I even have to ask? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there could be there could be several favorites. Do, I'll, if I'll you tell have you what. One. I mean, obviously, the the there's the moment that everyone will think of when they think of this match. Yep. But for me, I really love the chain wrestling. I do yep. too. I loved, loved the it. double underhook suplex. Loved it. It was a it was a really competitive match. It, it really, really was. Really was. Um, I I seem to remember like remember because I watched this match to death. What? How old am I now? Uh, 13 years ago when it happened. So, um, rewatching it for the first time in a, over a decade, 
I seem to remember the match being kind of like this sad attempt to show that I can still go against Shawn Michaels. And I'm watching it now, like, that's not at all what happened here. There's a couple of moments that's like, ooh, Rick, don't, uh. There's two moments that I'm like, oh, Rick, no. Two. There were like 12 where I was like, God damn, Rick, you could still do this. Part of me was like, that's probably because he's in there with Sean. Yeah, that's a good But uh, at the same time, like, you don't, you don't headline WrestleMania with Sean unless you deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. So whether or not he could, he could still like, legitimately go is beside the point because he gave one of his best performances in this match. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you can talk. It's, it's definitely going to be one of Ric Flair's greatest matches of all time. It was his best match in the last 15 years. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and then it's, an, it's another incredible WrestleMania moment for Shawn Michaels, yep. you know, uh, on, on what was obviously already a massively impressive Oh, resume. yeah. So, so making his sixth appearance on our list, Ric Flair making his third? It's up there. He's got the, he's got the Rumble on the list. They both, they're both in the Rumble. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> as far as favorite moments, I mean, I'm sorry I love you obviously is, is there. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, for me, it's got Sean hesitating and then getting the figure four locked in. Yeah, that's a really, really great moment. That's 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 the one that I'm like, oh, every time. All right, guys, let's stop procrastinating. For the first time in season four, for the sixty-first time overall, it's time to rank this match on all our right. list of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. I would like to go first since Thank I have you, my newly I plead the fifth. Since I have my newly established scientific method to make this process much easier. That's right. So as we all recall, I have my four categories, and as opposed to writing an entire essay, I simply wrote four complete sentences, and I'll share them with you now. So the commentary of this match is on point. JR and King knock it out of the fucking park. They are on point. They are on task. They are just they are ready to do this match justice. That was one sentence? Well, I added a little. On, I, I added on. a little bit. So the in-ring work is a little sloppy in some places, but I chalked that up to Ric Flair being sixty years old. But these two just could not have a bad match, and the, there may have been two or three blown spots. There was fifty that were that were executed flawlessly. The psychology here is absolutely top tier. I mean, as these are two of the greatest of all time, chemistry. It bleeds through the goddamn screen and into the room as you watch the match. Absolutely. Well, well said. said. So I put this match at number 32, just behind The Undertaker and Kurt Angle. Wow. From, from No Way Out 2006. From no Way Out 2006. That's a great match. That's a great that, match. That is. And I, it feels weird because I know we, we've joked so that's kind of like the gatekeeper match. But there's a reason why that's the gatekeeper match. Landon? Why me? I don't want to go. (laughs) Because Spencer wants to go last. So, okay. So for me, I, the first match I want to compare it to is also another WrestleMania match. Um, And that one for me is, is Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Ooh. Um, which currently sits the the WrestleMania 21 match, mind you, sits at um, uh, number 22. And so the reason I jumped to that one is because it's a huge WrestleMania moment, and that's what this is, right? This is a huge WrestleMania moment. Uh, and for me, this one is is a lot uh, more pivotal than that one. 
Um, well, I feel like the WrestleMania uh, 21 match with Eddie, like it's his last WrestleMania, but we didn't know that. Well, sure, but that's not what I mean. I, yeah. I just mean like the, the story between, you know, you have two huge stories, right? It's the, you know, huge wrestling family, you know, and and the, you know, can I beat my tag team partner? Can I beat my yeah, tag team can, partner? I, and then I, these guys are best friends, you know, yeah. and it's the start of something huge. Whereas this is the end of something. This is the end, yeah monumental as, as the career of Ric Flair. And for me, it goes above that. And for me, it would go uh, maybe even above uh, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, would sit, which sits at 21. And so I think this would, would really, I would park it right beneath the, a match that of, of similar caliber, which is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi. Ibushi? Okay. I would put it right underneath that at 21. Okay. Spencer? Oh, boy. Um... For me, this is an incredibly difficult match to rank because it was. It was really difficult. What you take away from this is perhaps one of the best told stories. Oh, absolutely! In a wrestling ring, one of yeah. And you don't, you know, from the match itself, the wrestlers in the match, the the match they put on is very good. It's not the the quality because Ric Flair is almost 16. exactly. Yeah, it's not the quality of some of these other matches on our list in terms of pace, in terms of action but they do a really, really good job with who they are. So uh, originally, when I first started ranking, when I first started looking at this list, the first match that I compared it to was another WrestleMania match and another one featuring someone that was past his prime. And that was The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Okay. And that match is monumental for different reasons. It's monumental, though, right? And I wouldn't say that Shawn Michaels plays The Rock's role because he's not, at this point, he's not the number one guy in the company. Yeah, he's past it. He's past it. Um, But it is this sort of icon versus icon sort of experience. It's these these two guys that at one point were the number one guy in the business. And so it's that dream match-esque. So that's what it kind of made me think of. Um, As I continue to go up the list... I I pass more Mania matches. I pass Edge versus Mick Foley, which is another guy coming back to do sort of a last Mania moment in terms of wrestling a match. Um, I landed at number 30. Oh, okay. Right above Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. Oof. And I think this tells a, a similar story. Not that Shawn Michaels is the young gun necessarily, but he is the guy that's, that took over the torch and Chris Jericho was trying to do that same thing at WrestleMania 19. So I, that's where I landed was right at 30. Okay. But I was so uncertain. Like I am, I could be moved either way. Probably. I love this as a gatekeeper match, um, either at 21 or 30. Um, and so I, you know, and, and the reason I'd be comfortable with 30, uh, is because a it's sort of a, a nice little in between spot between where Paul and I ranked. Yeah, because I was gonna say I, I could be talked to thirty twenty one. You'd have to also, do some pretty hard convincing. <laughs> so uh, twenty nine right now, and what Spencer you're saying here is that it's not as good as Nick Bockwinkel versus Kurt Hennig, and that match is all about technical wrestling. That is master chain wrestling one hundred one AWA showing you what they're all about. And so what I love here about putting this match underneath that is that, yes, there was a little bit of that in here. There was. And then the match that would be directly underneath it, Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, is a huge WrestleMania moment. 
And it's a huge, awesome story about Chris Jericho coming in and, and you know, trying to tear down his, his idol at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels achieves that to where as, as Chris Jericho did not. Yeah. Not and so all. I think that's, that's a perfect argument to have this match at number 30. Thank you for making it for me. I think you crushed yeah. it. And I would agree. <laughs> I, yeah. I second that. I love it. 30. Uh, I'm I, 30. Are Landon, 30? I'll be 30 June 26th. There you are. There you are. Then 30 it is. Uh, for the first time in season four, we have ranked a match and Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24 at this point is the 30th greatest wrestling match of all time. I feel pretty good about that. I do too. So I'm, I'm ready for the Twitter hate. Yeah. Oh, come on. I, well, I feel, well, I don't know. I feel like at Paul Altazan. Yeah, he is the only member of this show that has a Twitter account. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you guys don't have your last match standing accounts. <laughs> what? Spencer um, LMS, Landon LMS. If, uh, <laughs> I do think if we would have put it at 21, we might have gotten some, that's a little high. Yeah, maybe. That, that's, uh, I, I, maybe I, we're a little high. <laughs> high from being Ric Flair. Tell that's you what. Um, <laughs> I think this was a great first match of season four. This is, regardless of where you stand on how great of a match this is, um, this is one of the most memorable moments in the history of professional wrestling. Absolutely. And it's one that I hold super close to me in my heart in terms of like why I love professional wrestling. Because you can tell stories like this. When we started this podcast, Dustin, our producer, asked us to do this match. And we knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, and, and now that we're two years in, I'm glad that we finally did it. Because it absolutely is deserving. I mean, as a person who is just getting into wrestling, this was probably the first, if not one of the first matches Dustin ever saw. And to be that it sort of as an introduction to wrestling, uh, being paying a respect to one of the greatest careers in, in professional wrestling, I think was a very fitting way for Dustin to get into professional wrestling. Yeah, I fully agree. Mm-hmm. Really well said. Um, Fine speech. <laughs> Should, should we tell them what episode 62 is going to be? Absolutely not. You're going to have to tune in to find out. Keep it, you know what, Spencer, I really, really loved is, uh, and you may have seen this on Twitter, is uh, Spencer ha- has started posting these little teasers as to, as to <laughs> what yeah. the next match is going to be. Uh, that, that little blurred image. So, so maybe we do that again. That's right. So if you want a little, you know, sort of heads up beforehand, before we drop this episode 62, two weeks from now, uh, follow us on Twitter at last match cast and, and you will be able to get the little teaser there. Um, definitely. If you want to interact with us, you can interact with us. They are on Facebook. Also at last match cast. Uh, you can, um, also email us. If you have any thoughts on this match, we would love to hear them. That's last match standing at gmail.com. Subscribe on YouTube. We're there, and we love being there. Would love if you would subscribe as well. And then, if you really enjoyed last patron standing uh, that we did, you know, the last couple of weeks in between seasons, um, you can find content just like that on our Patreon that you can subscribe to, uh, and more trivia challenges like that. That's something that we love doing. We have the most fun doing that, as well as our spinoff show, Last Mania Standing. Yeah, last Mania where Standing. We review and rank every WrestleMania of all time. And if you want to see some AW Dynamite content, welcome to the Elite. That's right. Dustin, the producer, steps into the uh, the host chair 
and 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 is able to be on Welcome to the Elite with myself, and we have a great time crawling through AEW as well with that. So uh, plenty of opportunities for you to get content from us. You can also meet us at Squared Circle Expo in May <laughs> in Indianapolis. It's going to be the most fun. Uh, I I can't wait for that, but I really can't wait for episode 62, and we will see you then. Until then, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And this is Last Match Standing.